Hello, I'm Tim Robinson, Editor-in-Chief of Aerospace Magazine at the Royal Aeronautical Society, and uh, we're coming to you from the 2022 Farnborough Air Show uh, here in Farnborough, UK. And uh, with me, I've got the editorial team of Deputy Editor Stephen Bridgewater and news reporter Bella Richards. So um, we've had an exciting week, a tiring week. It's been packed with news and uh, lots of things to, to, to see and uh, understand and technologies to see. And so really interesting. So, Steve, over to you. What were your highlights of this week? I think it was just great being back on an airfield and surrounded by people that you haven't seen for such a long time. But in terms of aeroplanes, I mean, the Turkish contingent were really out in force. That was a really interesting to see the, the TFX programme. Um, we got a good look inside the cockpit of their, of the, their mock-up, which was, was fascinating, actually. Uh, and Bella, mm. what was your highlights? Well, this is my first Farnborough, so the whole thing was a highlight for me. But um, I definitely, um, I guess, dabbled into mostly space, which was really fun because everyone is so excited um, for the upcoming launch. You can just tell, like, everything's buzzing um, so many companies there, so so many talks on just everything going on. Um, so that was a really big highlight just to go see the buzz around that. But also um, all the big evitols becoming such a big thing now. I can imagine 10 years ago at a farm bar. Yeah. Probably yeah. would not you, have been. You can, you can really see the themes changing now, can't you, with an emphasis towards eVTOL. Absolutely. More sustainable flight. I mean, I, how many times have we heard the word sustainability this week? Well, in, I'll take in, a shot every time you say yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's, there's, I think there's a real change in, in pace now. You know, yes, we've still got the airliners and the military here, and we've still got the announcements coming through, but there seems to be a big shift towards space, eVTOL, mm. sustainability. Mm -hmm. you know, probably an indication of how the market's going to change over the next few years. Yeah, I mean, also on the first day we had uh, significant news from uh, the UK uh, Tempest, UK-led Tempest mm, program. Sure. So we're going to be flying a, uh, you know, an X-plane demonstrator, which is the first time since, uh, you know, sort of 1986. Yeah, EAP. With the, with the EAP that preceded the Eurofighter Typhoon. Uh, that's really exciting stuff. It's a piloted supersonic demonstrator. Uh, and they're looking for the flight within five years, which is pretty, pretty sporty yeah. uh, timeline. And, and there's also there's a lot of excitement here on, on not only just the, the manufacturing, the technology that's going into it, uh, and kind of a showcase of the factory of the future, but also in international partnerships. Um, the, was it, the, 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 the signing with Japan didn't, didn't, didn't kind of materialise mm -hmm. here, but there was lots of stuff going on around the, the edges of, uh, you know, sort of partnerships yeah. and the technology uh, going on. So that was, that was really big, big, big news for, yeah, for, for that programme. Mm -hmm. Um, Steve, uh, commercial was pretty quiet though, wasn't it? Yes, it, it, it was not as busy as people expected. I think a lot of us expected there to be the big Indian announcement. Um, mm. India's looking for narrow-body and wide-body aircraft, and I think that deal ultimately is going to be split across Boeing and Airbus, and um, there were a lot of predictions and pundits saying that was, could happen this week. I mean, we're recording this on Friday morning, and it hasn't happened as yet. I suppose there's a few more hours for that to sneak in, but it's looking ever more unlikely now. <laughs> um, I think looking at the figures, Boeing have, have announced more sales um, during the week. But, of course, Airbus had the big announcement just at the start of the month from China. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I suspect they were maybe trying to hold on to that for Farnborough Week. And, and the news got out on that launch. I think it's 300 aeroplanes, isn't it, Tim? Yeah. Um, so um, a couple of big announcements, though. Um, yeah, EasyJet ordered um, some more, I think, 56 uh, 320 family aeroplanes, so that, that was good. Uh, and it was interesting in the press conference there that Airbus's CFO was 
asked, well, you know, you, you've not sold as many aeroplanes at, at Farnborough as, as Boeing did. And his answer was very simple. We don't have to shout about it. You know, things are happening behind the scenes just because mm. we're not making a lot of noise doesn't mean the business isn't happening. So I think, yes, it's been quieter, but um, it'd be interesting to find out in the next month, couple of months to a year, you know, where that, those discussions lead to. I mean, it's, it's been an important show, really, for Boeing, hasn't it, in, in terms yeah. of coming back, uh, getting back into... Reclaiming their status. Reclaiming their status. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, they've, they've been through Max. Uh, they've had tr- trouble there with the uh, 787. So the 787 is now going to be restarting uh, deliveries. Yeah, there's no actual date. They, I mean, a while ago they said it would be later this year, um, and they didn't give any dates, but they said we're really working towards it. Um, and there was a question in one of the press briefings asking, you know, has there been interest in the 787 due to all the delays at the air show? And um, Boeing basically said, look, they didn't necessarily deny it, but they said, we've got to prove that we're predictable again with our deliveries. We've got to basically gain their trust, which I think was a really honest answer. Um, But yeah, I I guess I'm sure there is interest. And they said that, you know, a lot of markets need that kind of aircraft. So yeah, I guess they've just got to get over the hurdle. And it's, it's interesting looking at the, the sales that have been announced. There is definitely a shift towards narrow body aeroplanes. Mm, you know, it, I know that we haven't got the new Airbus A321 XLR here at the show, but the, that seems to be a push post-COVID. You know, the, the airline market is recovering. People are going back into flying after the, after the pandemic. Lots of challenges. You know, we, we, we've got um, you know, supply chain issues. We've got war in Ukraine cost of fuel, you know, the, the sustainability yeah. word again. You know, there's lots of pressure on the airline industry, but I think the general vibe around the bazaars is that things are moving in the right direction. Um, mm. I, I sat in on a, an ATR brief earlier in the week, and obviously ATR is still pledging their future on the turboprop, but looking at alternative fuels, and uh, I think there's, there's lots of potential there for, for sustainable aviation fuel, for hydrogen electric power i mean um, zero avia are here they made a big announcement this week they've got funding from iag group actually parent company to push airways and iberia yeah uh, and barclays have invested in them so there's lots of investment coming in now into these new fuels but what i think is interesting is that i sat into two briefings where two and i wrote a story on this um two of you know pratt and whitney and rolls royce some of the biggest engine makers in the world yeah. both said while they have such big ambitions with sustainable aviation fuels because that's the most immediate answer they're struggling to find it and i think that's quite interesting because everyone's kind of excited over you know their ambitions to reach net zero yeah. but are they actually being able to find viable SAF? What, yeah. what's going there yeah. scaling but, scaling it up is that's the right it's the production and, yeah, yeah. and the logistics behind getting it out there onto every airfield as well yeah. Um, and I think that's going to be, no matter which route we go down, whether it's hydrogen, electric, it's a SAF, yeah, that, yeah. That, that infrastructure needs to be looked at yeah. as well. Yeah, you can tell that there's ambitions. We've just got to figure out how to get there. And I think in the meantime, you know, as, as we've, we've said many times before, there are lots of other things that the airlines can do in the meantime and, and are now doing you know, ways to, to, to lighten airframes, you know, using technology to predict the amount of catering equipment you've got on board so you, you're not carrying excess weight, therefore you're not carrying excess fuel, therefore, mm. you know, it's, it's, little things make a big difference. And sorry to keep on this sustainability <laughs> chat because I imagine it's going to... We need a little bell. No, but it's, it's interesting. I don't remember who said it. I, I wish I did, but in one of uh, the AGF panels, they said, you know, it was all about sustainability and I think immediate action at every altitude. Actually, I think it was the opening yep. um, panel. But 
they said, look, we, as much as it's really important, obviously, it's the most important thing, we, uh, the aviation industry, especially people outside the aviation Oh my gosh, the aviation industry looking <laughs> in really like to, um, I guess, bang down uh, that you know we're not doing enough. Yep. But he he made a really good point about how aviation has been trying to be efficient from the very beginning. Yeah, a- yeah. Every engine is, you know, every kind of aircraft model that comes out, even before sustainability was a big topic. Yeah. They always try to be more efficient, lighter. You know, nobody's ever nobody's ever designed an aircraft and said how, how much more fuel can we burn in this. Yeah, so I think had... we've got to give the industry more credit. You exactly. know, well, it? we're a very high-profile industry, yeah. and I think there's a there is a misconception that we're perhaps not as green as we are. And I'm not saying that everything's perfect, no, I but agree. I think you know it's a, a, almost a, a PR message that needs to get out there as well. Yeah, we need to do something, but primarily we need to be seen to be doing something mm. to get the message there. So that leads on to my next uh, next question or next sort of one, you know, one of the major themes I think I've spotted is the amount of, amount of hybrid electric, hydrogen, yeah. sustainable technology innovation that was going on, on around the around the, the store. So I'll start with my one of my things I spotted that I thought was really interesting was uh, uh, Airbus announcing a kind of a hydrogen contrail. Uh, yeah. Test program using a glider, so mm-hmm. this is going to be a powered glider. It's going to have a jet engine in the back. It's going to burn hydrogen at airliner cruising altitudes to try and work out. You know, um, hydrogen obviously doesn't produce uh, you know CO two, but you do get extra water vapor. Yeah. So they're trying to work out ahead of time if you if you if you switch to hydrogen powered airliners, is this going to cause other pro- problems? And I think that's what yeah. they're saying. So really, really kind of, and they're going to accelerate it. It's going to be flight test at the end of this end of this year. Have the data in by by spring. So, yeah. what what have what have you guys sort of seen around the sort of like the the that's kind of you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just on, on the Airbus theme again. Airbus announced this week that the first of the what they call Wing of Tomorrow prototypes yeah. has been <clears throat> has been completed. Um, so that was uh, constructed up at Broughton. It's now moving down to Filton for for testing, and they're doing three new wing prototypes. And this is not a whole aeroplane. This is a new built wing built in more. Um, a sustainable way, there's the word again, um, but just ways of improving range, improving efficiency. So, again, it's not just, I think, we, sometimes we focus on engines and propulsion, but it's sometimes it's aerodynamic improvements yeah. that can help as well. But, yeah, there's there's been so many, you, know, you, you look out there, you've got the Pipistrelli, you know, yeah. um, which is um, Slovenian light aircraft electric, first um, electric light aircraft that's actually been certified in the UK. So they're now in service with flying schools and people can actually do their private pilot's license on an electric aeroplane. And that was just been bought by Textron. So it's big investment gone into there as well. And there's been various versions of, of the Pipistrelle around. You know, yeah, the, yeah. The Bellison, there's been a couple of military applications. And BAE Systems announced that last week they flew their, their Pipistrelle. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, if, yeah, which they're going to use as a, as a test bed for various projects. They haven't really, they didn't really reveal what they're working on with that at the moment but the moment they're using it really just to f- gain familiarity with the technology and see what they can do with it in the future mm-hmm. and- I, I mean i think with the space realm i mean we could talk about aviation but to kind of mm. include space in it i think the good thing is especially in the uk because it's not a new industry at all but there's starting to ramp up i guess sovereign capability um, it's exciting to see that because we're at the beginning of this, you can start sustainably. You don't yes. have to kind of yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, go, go back and fix what you've done. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was it was really exciting to kind of see this talk about how um, <clears throat> not only should everything you know we throw up into space have a deorbiting plan, but 
also making sure that we're getting rid of what's up there and making sure that everything has an end of life plan um, yeah. so that we're not because we all know the projection in the next 10 years is going to be about 10,000 satellites up in space and that's just insane yeah. to think about um, but it's exciting to know that companies are making moves and making it a priority to um, not add to I guess the damage that's already been done and you know not I don't think it's I don't think people thought about this many years ago um, because fair enough because um, space wasn't accessible yeah. to yeah. private companies yeah. it was all just governments so they weren't actually sending as much out there yeah. so it, it makes sense that it wasn't a priority but it's exciting to see now um, that yeah it's 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 been given the attention it yeah. needs yeah, yeah and, and, and it. Need, it needs to because yeah, yeah and I and you know a lot of people say you know you can you can always encourage a company to make sure they don't add to the debris, but I think there also needs to be regulation, yep. whether it's um, incentivizing or um, tax, whatever it is, yep. uh, ensuring that it's not just encouraged, but quite, yeah, but it's, you yeah, know. But it's mandatory. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, as well as I want, as well as the uh, so sustainability and uh, space. I think another interesting theme this show was uh, like kind of the digital thread, uh, digital twins, digital engineering, model-based systems engineering. Heard a lot of stuff about that, and I think one of the interesting things um, uh, I, f I found out this week was uh, a briefing at McKinsey, where they talked about the, the kind of the, the real sort of skills gap and the, the 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 looming kind of software kind of gap for for you know IT mm -hmm. uh, engineers. Yeah. We're here at the the pioneers of tomorrow day today. We're trying to get young people interested in aerospace, and it's really coders that they, that they need. Uh, yeah. So for every every you know traditional hardware engineer or aeronautical engineer, they're recruiting. They need two software people now, yeah, wow. uh, because it's, everything's gone to digital design. Uh, the companies are moving in that way. They can speed things up. They can iterate faster, cheaper, reduce waste, get more optimized. But there's a there's a huge gap, and also they're not. I don't know, to be frank, they're not paying people enough. Mm -hmm. they, yeah. they can they can the salary is actually uh, on average, uh, you know, according to McKinsey, about half what you can get in the IT industry. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we solve that? I, was, I, I spent a bit of time with BAE Systems this week, and um, we were looking at some of their digital platforms there and recruitment. And one of the, the really great quotes like, that somebody made was, the majority of the engineers don't get oil down the back of their fingernails anymore. And I thought, doesn't that sum it up? We've got you know, the whole perception of engineering is you're there yeah. under, under an aeroplane with a, a spanner covered in grease. Those days have changed. You know, it's now systems people. And I think the BAE Systems said they're recruiting a lot of people from the gaming industry because they've got the skill set for creating it's software. It's that crossover of that, skills, yeah. exactly, which, yeah. that, which I think is, sorry to interrupt, yeah. I think that's been a massive theme, that it's not not just people in aviation anymore, not just people yeah. you know, directly in space. It's getting skills from other sectors because now it's becoming so much more digital. Yeah. Now it really needs people who know their stuff on the computer or, you know. And, uh, yeah, and I, I think this, this, the skill gap has been something which I think almost every manufacturer and company we've spoken to this week yeah. has, has highlighted. I spent some time with Leonardo talking about the new medium helicopter program. So obviously one of the big themes of the show is We've got the, um, the um, April 149 from Leonardo here, and Airbus helicopters have got the 175 and the Blackhawks here. And they're all saying that, that, that you know, we need to bring this new generation of people in for designing, for manufacturing, for working in systems. And, of course, Leonardo's big announcement this week is that they've opened the production line in Yeovil for the A149, even though they haven't got the order yet. 
they're bullish enough to um, to actually open a production yeah. line. Because you know, let's face it, even if they don't get the the UK order, there's a huge export potential. So that's really good news for jobs in the southwest. Yeah, yeah. So the, another big news story this week uh, on the um, on, was about supersonic flight. Mm. Where boom. boom, 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 shake the room. <laughs> um, <laughs> Boom Supersonic. So, so they, they came in, uh, they, they had a big major press conference, they revealed an updated design. It's now kind of a gull wing, area ruled fuselage, four engines. They've got a tie up there with Northrop Grumman to, to market it to the military as well, military and government customers. What engines are they using, Tim? That's the big question. <laughs> <laughs> so they've, they've not got a uh, engine supplier and they're, they're looking to fly in 2026. What, what do people think about, about this, about supersonic pl- flight? I mean, oh. a, a supersonic glider is going to be really impressive, <laughs> I have to say. Oh, well, it, it's, it's a, an ambitious timeline, isn't it? It's yeah. an ambitious timeline without plan, well, without solid plans for an yeah. engine. I don't know. It's, I mean, it looks fantastic. It's yeah. a phenomenal piece I'm, of kit. I'm excited. I'm in two minds about this. You'd I'm, like to get to Australia faster, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. no, yeah. All of these things are exciting for, you know, if they're successful. But I think only time will tell. I honestly, I, I can't even, I can't even project what I imagine will happen because there's new technology now. Yeah. There's, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see. But but it's refreshing to see at the same time. You've, you've got these inspirational designs coming through. And again, going back to what we were just saying about bringing a new generation yeah. in, yeah, I think... So we, like I say, we're at Pioneers tomorrow, it's Friday here, it's, you, know, you look out the window and there's lots of kids of various ages wandering around. They're going to be really inspired when they see a boom, whereas, you know, with all respect to Airbus and Boeing, they all kind of look a bit yes, similar. So, so it's great that somebody's throwing something different into the mix. Some, some, there was a speaker from um, a Boom at um, uh, the AGF forum yesterday, which is being by, uh, moderated by our president-elect, uh, our new president-elect, and, uh, and he, he said, uh, you know, if you lose the cool factor in aviation, you, you lose the talent. Yeah, mm. quite so, right. so even though, I mean, talking to, to so, um, so we'll go on to EV tools in a second, but talking to, to you know the, the EV people and, and you know so talking to people studying the EV tool market and, and, and some of them say, yeah, well you know um, 70, 80 percent, and 90 percent of these things won't won't come to market. They, they're just CGI. But the inspirational factor and the, the kind of uh, flow of, of, of getting people in, and maybe maybe you work on one EV tool project and it goes nowhere, and then you move on to the next one. And you, it goes nowhere, and, but the third one actually, yeah, yeah. You, you're iterating faster, and you're, you're you're getting to work on all these projects. Whereas if you were at a standard manufacturer, you might be working on a, you know part of a landing gear, yeah, for your, for your entire career, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so EV tools that was that was another big thing. What did what what, what who saw yeah. what? Yeah, uh, it was exciting to see not just one or two companies. There were quite a few companies that had EV tolls, even displays of ones. Um, yeah, um, I guess the biggest news that started the show was Embraer's Eve uh, showing, mm-hmm. revealing their, I guess, cabin um, mock-up. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they didn't, it was just a, a cabin. It didn't show the entire um, aircraft, but they, they made a few changes in terms of the wing and um, I think uh, some some other small things. But that, that was cool to actually see it because uh, I guess they, they talk a lot about their design. Um, yeah what they want to do but to actually see it and see that it kind of just looked just like a normal plane cabin it wasn't anything too crazy um i think that's yeah. that's the stage we're at isn't it you know we've, we've got a lot of companies that are coming into this market and they're approaching prototype stage i know the guys at vertical are talking about hover tests down at, uh, at Campbell in the next few weeks they've done some ground runs on it 
uh, Whisk has already flown. They've yeah. got something like 1,200 flights on, on that one. And that's, that's on display here at Farber. That's the, the first, if you like, real EVTOL. We've got lots of yeah. mock-ups. That's the first one which has flown, which is actually... Which is here. encouraging to see that which, there's something real. Which it is, but there's lots of people coming into this market. And it makes you wonder how, yeah, if and when all these get to market, how we're going to differentiate. So I was talking to somebody earlier this week that suggested that maybe... The cabin is the way that we can differentiate these. So, you know, yeah. you've got you've got to fly fifty miles from point A to point B, and you've got a choice of five. So, do you fly in the one that's family friendly if you're going with the kids, or do you fly in the one which is a flying office? Yeah, you can have a flying casino in one if you want to with, with games. It's a, maybe that's something that the market's now looking at. And they said there's a possibility that that could be the way to differentiate. Yeah, yeah. we're all doing the same job at roughly the same price. So, how do you compete? Because with with yeah. Your, yeah with the other manufacturers, I thought that was an interesting angle. That's a great. Yeah. Point. So I mean, I mean, the big news obviously on Monday was it was uh, a lot of funding coming through for the UK government to kind of fast track future flight, uh, advanced urban air mobility, drones, and there's going to be a pilot project running with, with vertical aerospaces, uh, VX4, mm -hmm. uh, Skyports, which do the, the the kind of little mini uh, kind of uh, EVTOL uh, airports. Um, and Virgin Atlantic, and they're, they're going to do sort of demo flights between London, Bristol. Mm -hmm. uh, there's uh, some kind of uh, like a GA airfield outside London, but London City are in on it. Yeah. Nats are in it. Yeah. Cranfield are involved. This is this is this is the big players coming together. All the ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. And, and and by the time of the next farmer in 2024, you know this is going to be there. So this is this is really exciting stuff. I mean, what struck me uh, in the, the full scale mock-up of the VX4 is is you know, that's right up in, in Hall 4. It's a bit of a trek to get there. And that has been packed. Yeah. Oh, so I've barely been able to see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's been, it's been, and I think today with the, um, with the, the, the youngsters here, it's going to be, yeah, a big, big attraction because it's just so futuristic looking. Isn't it's it? futuristic, but at the same time, these kids, I mean, even me, I'm only 23 and, oh. you know, I'm young, oh. <laughs> but I've grown up with the digital age, yeah. a little less than these kids, but... <laughs> So it's it's futuristic, but at the same time, it's it's not. They they've grown up with yeah, of course. Uh, kind of it increasingly becoming more digital, yeah. more automated, um, autonomous. So I think whilst it's futuristic, it's also kind of normal. Not normal yeah, because yeah, we haven't yeah. seen it officially yet. Yeah. But I think it's just the next step. It's it's, it's not Jetsons, is it? It's not that far in the future that yeah. it's, it's yeah. science fiction. It's 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 on the it's on the uh, yeah, on the yeah. horizon now. It's not Back to the Future anymore. It's but, definitely real. Yeah. So. That, so, so as, as well as the as well as that on the static, well, it was not on the real. The static is actually inside the hall. What what, are, what other things did caught your eye on, on aircraft on the static or oh, the flying display? So you know, uh, this is the first time. Yes. This is the first time you saw a flying display. What do you think this of that? This was the first time. Look, I'm not as tec technically sound when it comes to knowing exact aircraft, um, but you know, what I thought was so sort of weird <laughs> was seeing the uh, Airbus A350 and the Boeing 737 do a flying display. I don't, I, don't, I don't know why it was so strange, but compared to all the you know lighter aircraft and seeing these massive birds yeah. do maneuvers that they typically don't <laughs> was actually so interesting. Yeah, particularly. I mean, the um, Embraer flew the Tech Shark uh, a number of days this week, and on Wednesday... 
its departure was phenomenal. And then we, we're used to uh, air shows like this seeing the airliners do a very steep climb out. But the Embraer, it almost did a stall turn at the top of it. There was a wow. bootloader rudder went in. And uh, it was, a, a, an, I mean, everybody just went, oh, wow, look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, you're right. You, know, you see these big aeroplanes doing maneuvers, which you don't, obviously, it's going to spill the gin and tonics in the back if you yeah. do it with the passengers on. So it's rare to see. But yeah. And it was nice to see the Turkish stuff in the display. Yep. Yeah, the attack helicopter and that the Hercus really turboprop. They were interesting. Um, and to have the F-35 here from the RAF for a couple of days. Put a, uh, yeah, and the do F-35 the hover. Doing, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, that was really that. good. Yeah, that was, um, that was really good. And we've we got the, the, the Black Eagles as well from... Uh, yeah, the uh, Republic Korea. of Korea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they fly past to close the show each day. Yeah. Um, the show was opened on Monday morning with the Red Arrows flying past mm. with the, uh, the Blackjack Typhoon, the, um, yeah. the Black and Union Flag Typhoon, which was nice. I think Boris Johnson was here to see that, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, the, the, the flying display... Yes, it's, you know, we're never going to go back to the heyday of the 50s and 22 hunters looping in formation. Um, you know, the airspace around here is congested. You know, it, it, the guys are really limited in what they can do. But within those parameters, I think they did an okay job. Yeah. Mm. So f- favourite air- aircraft from the show so far? What's it been, you know, well, your pick? The one I was looking forward to seeing sadly didn't come, which was the Casio. Um, um, from Voltero, which yeah. was the uh, the electric modification of the the Cessna three three seven, but I mean, just looking out the window now, and you know, we've got the P eight Poseidon out there. Also, we've got a number of helicopters. Yeah, weirdly, seeing the old Sea King here is nice, yeah, and, yeah. And, and especially because it's actually still in service. It's not being operated as a private toy. It's actually still doing winch training for the yeah, Germans. Yeah. And, and, and they announced this week they're getting an AW139, which has already been delivered. It's gone into uh, Biggin Hill for, for work. So that's joining the fleet at Heli Operations. Yeah. Uh, but there's just so many. And, you know, we had the Spitfire arrive yesterday. Who doesn't like a Spitfire? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also we've had the, the Gulfstream G800, which, which flew in this week and, and really less than a month after its first flight. I think is that incredible? Flew on 28th of June. Um, I was talking to the test pilots yesterday and they said... Just as it landed on the numbers here at Farnborough, and I think Monday evening, it clocked up exactly 45 hours. So I yeah, think well. that, you know, that must be a record from first flight to appearing at an international trade fair in terms of number of days. Yeah. I know back in the old days, you know, Gloucester would fly a javelin on the morning of the show and, and fly it in. And, but, you know, to fly over the transatlantic with, yeah. you know, less than 50 hours on the airframe, they've got confidence in that aeroplane. I had a good tour around it yesterday, and it, it's it's a... Yeah, if I'd got seventy-two and a half million pounds in in the bank right now, I'd be ordering one. It really. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tim, can we talk pay rises when we right, get back to the office? Okay. <laughs> uh, what, what, what about also um, you know, your impressions of the, the the show as a whole and the kind of chalets and the uh, the, the kind of halls? I mean, I mean, I, I, the thing that always strikes me with, with, with these with these big shows is you can you can be here a whole week and you you haven't seen anything. Oh, you can no. you can, you can walk around no. and you can discover a new bit of the. Uh, a new bit of the show that you didn't think existed, and there's there's interesting stuff there. Yeah. There's, there's cool, you know, interesting people to talk to. New, cool bits of tech. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I, <laughs> I thought it was very different, and also the same as to what I I expected. Because what what struck me this is nothing to do with aviation, but just it struck me that most things here are not here typically. Like they're just structures built. For this week, like all the chalets. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's oh, it's just like it a blows temp- my mind. Temporary town, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the show itself—it was, 
it was really fun. I think you said before this, it's like Christmas week for aviation lovers. And it, it is true. It's actually, you get to see all of, not only your favorite aircraft or things that you've never seen before, because for me, um, you know, my, most of my journalism career so far has been at home in lockdown. So oh, I course, have not yeah. been able to even see some of the aircraft that I've written about multiple times in person at all. So you've that, had to learn how to shake hands with people. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> speak to people. No, but it was, it was really cool. But I think it is quite big business, you yeah. know, even just the fact that so many chalets say by invitation only. It's very, it's very big business, it, it is, big yeah. deals. But um, it's a really exciting vibe. I mean, I don't have any comparison to previous shows, so I'm not sure... You know, if if it's worse this year, I'm not I'm not no. sure. But I, you, I mean, the halls themselves. I mean, I'm not sure if there's a comparable number of uh, exhibitors to previous. But you could spend a day in each of the halls, really, yeah. if you, if you wanted to really dig down into the detail. Um, there are so many people from so many different backgrounds, and um, yeah, I, I walked around yesterday on what, day four at the show, and st we're still finding people that I hadn't seen. Or yeah, uh, so yeah, it really. And just, I think the general vibe out there is. It's pe people are happy to be back. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's, it's it's a global industry as well. I mean, you, the, the thing that sort of strikes you is is you know how global and you know you've been wandering past past stands and oh there's Malaysia and there's Japan yeah. and there's Mexico. Yeah. And, and, I know it was very interesting. Lots of different. I mean, I, I went past. Uh, I was wandering past uh, kind of Austria uh, the other day. Uh, well, the, the, uh, yesterday and and you know they had two different uh, small. Uh, UAV helicopters on there, and I was like, "Gosh, what, why is why is Austria a, a leader in in, <laughs> in, in yeah, you know, they? VTOL yeah, yeah, helicopters? Yeah. Um, you know, it's just really interesting in in getting this this uh, this kind of massive global industry. But the other thing that sort of strikes me is it's very very at a certain level, it's very very small. Of everybody knows everybody else. So and so has been at that uh, company X, then they moved to company Y, and you've got this kind of upper strata i suppose of mm. decision makers and executives mm -hmm. and, and, and mm. you know air force chiefs and what have you who all bump into each other and, and and kind of congregate on these gatherings where they all meet yeah absolutely. and then and, and a year they, they kind of disappear and, and meet again yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, right. this is my although i've been to farmer many times this is my first time with the aeronautical society and aerospace magazine but i've previously been here with general aviation magazine so i know all the, the pr guys from from the ga world so for me, it's been a case of meeting you know, the guys from Boeing and Embraer and Rolls-Royce and GE. And when you talk to them, they've all worked for so many different people. They, they have. Sort of, <laughs> and, you know, I, I was from, from X company from this year to this year, and then I moved there. And everybody's seen it. And I think that's why there's such a sense of community. Yeah. Because we all move around in the industry, but, but, you never but leave. nobody leaves. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I was talking to somebody last night. He said uh, he went to work in the pharmaceutical industry for six months, and he said, and I'd had to get back into aviation. He said, I don't fly. I just I love being around the people. Yeah. So, but, yeah. so once, you, once, you, once you enter it, you never leave. That's, that's probably a warning for you, Bella. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> glad. Look, I'm glad. Coming from a non-aviation background at all, it's for me, it's, it's all exciting because it's all new. It's all so fun and yeah, it's such an it's an industry that I never expected to get into, especially being someone who's not technical, doesn't know a lot of you know all of that stuff. I'm very yeah, Englishy. Yeah. I read all yeah. that stuff. I, you know, it's it's you, really cool. But you've specialised in the space industry, which mm. is something that I have very little knowledge of. So hanging around with you for the week, I feel you know 
really inspired from yeah, oh, your enthusiasm. So nice. <laughs> and, so, and quite, I mean, Tim, you, know, you and I have been doing our shows since we were kids. And it's, sometimes it's nice to, to, to go to an event with somebody with those fresh pair of eyes. And yeah. you know, we can pinch ourselves and say, you know what? Yeah, it really is quite cool, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a reality check. I, so. I think also, uh, I mean, people, have, uh, you know, people like to, to ask, oh, well, was it a successful show? Was it, was it a good show? Was, was, was many people there? And you're, you're trying to kind of measure it. Uh, by kind of a lot of yards, you know, sales obviously is one of the visitors, ex- exhibitors, you know, mm-hmm. uh, how many people were, were around, you know, were the, were the halls busy? And I think with this, this time it's really, really difficult to gauge because we're in such a unique sort of thing of, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've come out of the four years since the last show, mm-hmm. you know, two, lockdown, we've had uh, war in Ukraine, you know, uh, economic uh, chaos, supply chain chaos, uh, you name it, it's all happening. Politi- Sustainability. Bre- yeah, bre- Brexit, climate change, extreme weather. I mean, that's also rammed it home. I mean, t- yeah. t- to, to people, you know, it's not an abstract thing anymore. People were, were, were going on, on Tuesday, we were all melting. Yeah. And, and you know, you were, you were talking about sustainability. And that, that's not like just oh, a PowerPoint here and, yeah, well, we might do something because, the, 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 you know, yeah. you know we, we were looking at, everyone's looking at this going, how are we going to how are we going to cope? This is yeah. this is this is this, this is, is a real portent of things to come if we don't get our act and get. Yeah. And so I think it's really difficult to say, um, uh, you know, and judge it by previous. So I think this is this is. But it, well, I I do get a sense of it. This is the air, you know everyone's glad to be back. Yeah. Uh, and also, the long term trends of um, and we're seeing this because of all the chaos that's happening in airports at the moment with lost baggage and yep. cancelled flights. People want to, don't want to travel, but they're going to want to travel sustainability. So yeah. it's, it's, it's an industry with a great future ahead of it. Yeah, someone, um, someone said, again, I can't remember the names, I've seen too many people, but someone <laughs> said on a panel, you know, you will not profit if you are not sustainable in your operations. Yeah. And I think that's that was a good thing to bring it home because yeah. it's true. In the, in the future, you won't. No one, no one young is going to especially young people who they've grown up with this whole kind of buzzword of sustainability. They're not going to want to travel if you're just burning kerosene. You know, like, it's true. And I, I was talking to an airline official earlier this week that said there's, there's been a big uptake in people wanting to travel in business class, first class, because they're not flying as often as they were. So when they do fly, they want to have that luxury that you know, they, they've worked from home. They, they've they yeah. had that luxurious experience a lot of time. So I think it's interesting. That's how the market's changed as well. You yeah. know, and, and, you know, less travel, but actually spending a bit more when you do travel. Yeah, right. absolutely. Okay. Well, I think we're about uh, ready to, to to wrap up. So, sort of final thoughts from you, Bella. Oh goodness, final thoughts. Yeah. It's a great How's show. It been? It's, you know, it's For you. been fantastic. It's definitely been busy. Lots of press conferences, lots of people, lots of card swapping. Oh my goodness. Um, but really fun and. Yeah, that's 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 my comment. <laughs> so you, you're coming back in 2024. Yep. Right, brilliant. Hopefully, <laughs> Steve. Yeah, what Bella said. It's 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 just great to be back on an airfield, as I said at the start. You know, it's, yeah, I I'm, I took a little time out to watch the flying display yesterday and sniff the kerosene floating across the airfield, and it's <laughs> something we've missed for such a long time. Um, so no, it's just been great to be back and. You just get the feeling that, that, that we're not the only ones that feel that. Everybody seems really, really happy to be back at Farnborough. 
Brilliant. Okay, well, that's that's the aerospace team uh, checking it out, and uh, for this year's 2022nd final team from from uh, me, Tim, uh, Steve, and Bella, and also our fourth member of the team who can't be with us at the moment, Charlotte. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in 2024. Thanks. Cheers, guys.